Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And here's some good news. You can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Pandora, Amazon, pretty much all podcast platforms now have Speaking of Travel. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news and travel tips and stories by amazing travelers of all ages who are sharing their incredible travel stories so you can become inspired from their travel experiences. And speaking of travel experiences, I've had so many positive reactions lately to the stories about living abroad. You would think the choice to move to a new country would be a daunting one. But what I'm hearing is that with some thorough research and planning, it can be very rewarding. So maybe you've been dreaming of a move yourself, and maybe you're wondering what it would be like to actually live abroad and maybe even start your own business. Well, my guest today is Laura Diefendahl. She's International Living's Belize correspondent who moved there in early 2014 to build a boutique hotel on the beach. And she now has a second hotel. And Laura, you're kind of talking dirty to me right now, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for having me today. Well, it's my pleasure. Well, give us an idea of how you made this move and what was even going on at that time in your life. I think for some people, maybe not all, uh, I always had a feeling inside of uh, a little bit of FOMO, I call it, you know, that, that fear of missing out. And I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, which is not known for its good weather. And um, as I got older into my 30s, that feeling never left. And in fact, it got a little worse. And every time I would go and travel and see Cleveland on the return trip, I would feel pretty depressed and deflated. And I would go from feeling really inspired on these vacations to kind of feeling the drudgery of going back home. And I was always a little bit uh, held back by what people would say, which is traveling somewhere is not like living there. And uh, I think you have to go and do it to figure out if that's true for you. Uh, And in 2013, I finally got the opportunity to go to Central America for the first time to Costa Rica. And the minute I showed up there, uh, that didn't feel exactly like home to me, but it planted a seed with the tropical foliage and the business opportunities and the rusticness and the mountain of opportunity. And I was kind of completely hooked. So I did about a year of research, reading every blog I could get my hands on and uh, every travel guide, every message board. And Belize, for me, kept coming up. Uh, Belize has a lot of unique characteristics, which we could discuss later. But um, about a year later, in 2014, I I landed in Belize on the island of Ambergris Key. And for me, the minute I got off what's called the puddle jumper, I said, I'm home. And it was five minutes. And that feeling never left me. And I don't recommend what I did because on the very first trip there, I did put an offer on the property we ended up living on. And I moved out of the U.S. 45 days later, and I've been here now seven years almost. Wow. I love these stories of when you get someplace and you just know this is home. Yes, because it doesn't happen every time. Different place for everybody. Do people speak English there? Yes. And that was one of the things is when I landed, 
they actually have a painted sign at the San Pedro airport that says, welcome home. And you get off the flight and Belize is a very small country. It's um, more rustic than a lot of other big tourist destinations. It has one of the smallest uh, tourist numbers, international tourists in Central America uh, and the lowest population density. But what that does is when you show up, it's like the opposite of the mass market tourism People are warmly welcoming. They're so happy to have you there. Every tourist is treated as special and not as, you know, another face in the sea. And that really uh, made me emotionally attached very fast. Happens to a lot of people here. I love that. So what was it like when you made this offer when you first got down there? Was it somewhat easy for you to do a real estate transaction? One of the reasons I chose Belize is that Belize is based on British law. It's the only English speaking country in Central America. And one of the reasons, even though there's a mountain of lovely countries to move to and they all have their positives. For me, uh, I was in my mid thirties. I wanted to own a business and I don't have a good handle on Spanish. So being able to connect with workers, understand documents, that was really important to me. And I didn't want to spend years learning Spanish to feel competent, whereas in Belize, I could just land. And because American law is also based on British law, it, it felt pretty familiar. So buying real estate, the process was relatively straightforward. Uh, it was, it, I think it's terrifying. I think everybody has a moment where you almost have like the buyer's remorse of what am I doing? I, I, I think it's totally natural to have that, but to be honest, it, I've had more uh, buyers or more buying a house in Cleveland than I have uh, with buying the property in Belize. And now you have a, a second property. How did that unfold? Uh, the two spots in Belize I could not decide between were um, the island of Amherst Key. It's where I'm coming from live right now. And there's a very small, charming fishing village called Placencia down in southern Belize. And we traveled the whole country on our first trip. And every place we went, uh, I saw some great things, but I didn't have that I'm home feeling. But I had that I'm home feeling both in Placencia and Ambergris Key. And to be honest, I couldn't decide between the two. We ended up living the first two years in Placencia. And it was a little bit easier to get our head around Placencia because it's a much smaller town. It's about one-tenth the activity, the saturation, the tourism, the busyness of Ambergris Key. Uh, Ambergris Key at that time was rated the number one island on TripAdvisor in 2013 and 2014. And it's a little more intimidating to look at trying to break into that market. So after two years in Placencia, I did find that I kept wanting to go back to the island. I kept being drawn back there. And um, we worked for a lot of years to build up our business down there. Ended up buying a small condo in Ambergris Key to sort of test the waters, see if how the rentals would go, how competitive is it. Well, I fit in here and we did that for another two years. And after two years of sort of going back and forth, a uh, small hotel came on the market. And it was again, that feeling of uh, we walked into this hotel and I could tell it was kind of not taken care of very well. And it needed some touches. It needed some TLC. And I looked at my husband and I said, this is it, isn't it? And we went, yep. And uh, same, same process, bought it and, and opened it and, uh, lightning speed. And within three weeks, we rebranded, retrained the staff and reopened under a, a, a new name. So now we have two, uh, what I think are the best destinations in Belize, and we are able to send our uh, guests back and forth now. What a nice idea to be able to 
to have a place where your guests can come and then be right there to give them that local experience that now you can go here and have even more experiences in Belize. Have somebody kind of help you along, um, help you plan your trip or even plan the whole trip for you to both spots. It's a little intimidating when you're showing up in a new country, even though I'm living in an international country, if I'm to go to Guatemala or somewhere else, it's very easy to get flooded by the choices, the travel options, and you could spend just hours doing research trying to figure out the best ways. So we kind of just try to cut that out and plan it for people. And I think what people are really looking for when they travel is to have that experiential experience, to be really able to be in a local environment, to be with Definitely. the local people. And Definitely. you provide that for them. Yes, because you're not going to see me at the front desk. We have all Belizean staff and they just, uh, I can't explain, the warmth and hospitality of Belizeans is really endearing. And it's one of the very special things that, because it is, they all speak English and they are taught from a young age, like tourism is one of the tracks they can take in high school. They very much uh, appreciate and respect tourists. So it, uh, they, they just, they treat you like a VIP. Well, when we come back from the break, I'd like to pick up right here. I'm already in love with this country. I can't wait to be there. It's on my extensive bucket list, and hopefully I can get there sooner than later. Let's talk about what it's like there today and uh, what the situation is. And also, I would love for you to give us kind of a grand tour uh, just walk us around that island and what we can see sure. and do there. Sure. Well, you're you're um, you're doing the the podcast for Belize at a great time because about two weeks ago, the uh, government kind of shocked us. Uh, very briefly, Belize did really well the first three months of the pandemic, and it was one of the reasons the inquiries through International Living of expats wanting to move there went up eight hundred percent since May, and it was the highest in the world as far as the increase. And uh, one of the reasons is our lifestyle was not really affected by COVID. Everybody, you know, swims, walks, walks their dogs, lays in a hammock, and play football on the beach. And everything's open air. So our lives were not affected. There wasn't this shutdown of strip malls and uh, golf courses and, and all these things. And that nature-based, simple lifestyle seems to really appeal to people. I, I, the first few months of the pandemic, I'm watching what's happening in the U.S. And I was like, gosh, we're just not having the same experience here. Now, about um, around August, we did have a surge and we did have to shut the country down. And at that point, um, we got a little more serious. And the initial tourists that came in on October 1st were big restrictions. However, now uh, we're one of the few places, I think there's 25% of the country's open to American travelers. And Belize is one of the few places you can come. And other than the masks, distancing, sanitizer, you're going to have a pretty typical experience. So it's actually one of the wonderful gems you are allowed to travel to. You're warmly welcomed here and you can have a great experience. Well, all I can say is I'm on my way, Laura. Uh, it sounds too good to be true. When we come back, I want to hear more about everything there is to see and do there in Belize. Thank you so much. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. We're talking about Belize. I'm here with Laura and we will be right back. Hi, this is Kay. At Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, we put you in the middle of experiencing Asheville like no one else can. 
With an expert guide by your side, you'll have an all-access pass to what makes Asheville so unique. Our sense of place, history, and awe, along with great food and drinks and spectacular views. We follow safety protocols on every tour. Come experience why TripAdvisor awarded our company the 2020 Traveler's Choice Award, placing us in the top 10% of attractions worldwide. To learn more about us and our award-winning tours, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Even though our public lands are precious to all, millions of pounds of trash are sadly left behind in our forests and waterways every year. That's why we're encouraging visitors to Brevard and Transylvania County to leave no trace and take action to leave it better. Find out how you can make a difference and leave it better at explorebrevard.com today. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and my guest today is Laura Diefendahl. She is International Living's Belize Correspondent. And Laura, you've been there now for seven years. Yes. It's home for you. You have found your home. Yes. You're living that charmed life down there, I'll tell you what. Give us an idea of how you straddle the tourism and hospitality industry and you're a correspondent. You do all of that uh, together. How does that work out for you? Well, I think it uh, it's a win-win because I, because I had the opportunity to live in uh, Placencia and Ambergris Key, I have a pretty deep understanding of both places. Uh, whereas most people pick one place and stick with it, uh, I, I have an understanding of the differences between the two. And a lot of people, when they're researching Belize, really will ask me, which one should I go to? And I can explain in depth some of the differences and what one may be a better fit for somebody because they're very, very different, even though they have a lot of similarities. So that's really helpful for me. Plus, I love to talk about Belize. I love to write about Belize. Uh, I would do it for free uh, on, in my free time anyway. So it's it's a blessing to be able to uh, do it and share the, uh, you know, deep knowledge of both places in a way that also gets to be able to be seen by uh, the greater public. Well, considering myself the greater public and the fact that I've never been to Belize, give me an idea, give me an itinerary as a first time visitor. What What would I do? Where should I go? Well, thankfully, I've spent seven years, and I can I can share with your listeners what I believe to be the absolutely perfect itinerary. I've sent a mountain of people. It's what I did the first time I came after hours of research. And uh, basically, Belize is very easy because when you uh, come in, you're going to fly into the one and only international airport, and that is in Belize City, which is kind of in the middle of the country. And the country is about the size of New Jersey. And... When you fly into the international airport, the first place I recommend you go is over to the island of Ambergris Key. And right from the airport, you can take what's called a puddle jumper, which is such an experience. It's a little more expensive than the uh, water ferry, but uh, you're going to fly over the Caribbean Sea, over these islands. I mean, you're just going to, you're going to feel like you're doing such an exotic, cool experience. And um, I think it's around $60, 60 to 80 US per way. So it's not so bad. 
You'll land in Ambergris Key. Uh, I don't know how, it, let's say you have a week there. I definitely recommend you spend at least three days there. And there's a tiny little island called Key Calker, about one fifth the size of Ambergris Key. You can take a water ferry from Ambergris Key over to Key Calker for the day. It's one of these perfect little Caribbean islands. Right when you land, they say go slow. Um, both islands are right by the reef. So you can see the reef uh, right from the shore. So there's wonderful snorkeling. Back on Ambergris Key, you have to do the whole Chan Shark Ray Alley. That's the Instagram pictures you'll see of swimming with the nurse sharks and the stingrays, really a special experience. And there's another new excursion on the leeward side of the island called Secret Beach. And it's this stretch of these bohemian bars, this water you can walk out waist deep as long as the, as far as the eye can see. Uh, one of Leonardo DiCaprio's islands is off in the distance. It is just a really special experience to watch the sunset. Uh, in Ambergris Key, there's also every night you're going to find live music. You're going to rent a golf cart for a day. and you can That's the mode of transportation here is uh, golf carts. You can also rent a bike. And the, the experience of both Placencia and Ambergris Key is interacting in the village or the town that you, you can just get lost all day and meet locals and meet expats and meet other travelers from all over the world. And that will fill up, you don't even have to pay for excursions, that will fill up a day and give you very meaningful experiences. Uh, you can then take the ferry or the water taxi back to Belize City. And my top two destinations for uh, Belize would be number one, if you can spend a night or two in the Cayo region, San Ignacio, this is for history buffs, Mayan ruins, cave tubing, uh, these just wonderful, like world-class, people come from all over the world to do these, these caving tours. And it is not like the U.S. There's no, you're not signing a waiver. You are climbing on top of Mayan ruins without handrails. I mean, it is sort of like you figure out your own level of risk, but you're doing things that feel untouched and authentic and you can climb to the top of um Zunantinich Mayan ruins the tallest building in the country and uh from from Cayo you can take a shuttle which is a, a nice service they got wi-fi and ac and you can see the whole country uh it takes about three hours but then you can uh, take that down to Placencia you can also fly uh, but down in Placencia, it is this tiny fishing village on the very southern tip of a 16 mile peninsula and the reason Placencia is on the map is if you could just picture this perfect postcard from the 50s of what you thought the Caribbean would look like. You know, these, these uh, brightly colored cabanas on this tiny pedestrian-only sidewalk, uh, you know, fishermen and, and wood carvers and little coffee shops line this, this street. It's not commercial and not, it doesn't look anything like, you know, the, the sanitized sort of tourist markets you see in the beach in the U.S. Everything's mom and pop. And there's this stretch of public beach that is just really remarkable. And right from Placencia, uh, it's a little bit farther from the reef, so you can do some deep water diving. Uh, we have the second largest barrier reef in the world, hundreds of islands. And the um, one of the things to do for Placencia is you can visit no less than 10 uh, islands within a half an hour of the shore. Some of them have resorts on them. Some of them are totally untouched. And those are the um calendar worthy islands that you know you're gonna they're on your on the calendar in your wall in your office right now and you'll be actually living it uh it, it is really remarkable so absolutely stunning totally natural too and uh from placencia you can do another puddle jumper flight right back to the uh, international airport that takes about 40 minutes 
So again, it goes uh, Ambergris Key with a day trip to Kikalker, a shuttle over to Cayo for the Mayan adventures, and then down to Placencia for that southern small town fishing experience. I think you'll have a, that's a wonderful tour of Belize. You'll get a feel for it, and you're going to really see the best stuff. Well, I'm telling you, Laura, uh, as I said earlier, you're just, this is talking my language. I already feel like I'm at home there, being somewhat of an island girl myself. I, I don't know how Belize has escaped me so far, but definitely feel that um, it's on my to-do list in 2021. And I'm sure that you are going to be there welcoming people as they, as they enter into this wonderful country. How can we get more information about you and, and international living and Belize? How can people get more information? International Living has a great website. Uh, go to internationalliving.com. There's a Belize tab, and there's a mountain of articles that I've written over the years, me and many other expats that live and work here, everything from living and working here, how to get a visa, how to get a work permit, uh, more information and pictures about all the places that I, I discussed on here. Um, you, people are welcome to reach out to me at Belize at internationalliving.com. I'm happy to answer questions about travel to Belize. Uh, you can also, if you're on Facebook, there's two wonderful Facebook uh, pages to follow not only Belize, but all the wonderful destinations, and that is International Living and then International Living Belize. Well, we are definitely looking forward to the time when we can get down there. I know I am for sure. So thank you so much for being our guest on Speaking of Travel and giving us all this wonderful information about Belize. It's It sounds like just... Uh, a fantasy world down there. It really is. It really is. It's paradise. Thanks so much, Laura, for being here today. I'm really looking forward to meeting you in person. I don't know about you, but I'm beginning to see signs around here that the holidays are not that far off. So obviously the holiday season is not being canceled. It just might look a little bit different. And here's some good news. The historic Omni Grove Park Inn in Asheville is continuing their holiday gingerbread competition. Just was put out recently. They're bringing it to us virtually. So find out how they're doing this with my guest, Jennifer Wagner. She's special events manager at the Omni Grove Park Inn. So stay tuned. It's crisp, it's clean, it's cool, and it's here. Fall is in the air. While the brisk breeze billows through the kaleidoscope of colors cascading across the mountains, there is no better time to get out and explore the breathtaking beauty that our backyard has to offer. Adventure is the name of the game. What better to kick off in than a symmetrical all-wheel drive Subaru to take you through whatever terrain you wish to tackle? Adventure is waiting. The choice is yours. Discover the beauty of all-wheel drive at Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road, Nashville, or visit us online at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. And I have to admit, this week I began making gingerbread cookies. 
I don't know why. I've just been craving gingerbread cookies. You know, all it really takes for me is a chill in the air, and I am ready for the cookies. And every year, I look forward to being totally amazed by the epic holiday creations at the Omni Grove Park Inn's National Gingerbread Competition. But like many traditions these days, the needle is moving as new ideas are emerging to keep us all connected. And hands down, the Omni Grove Park Inn is a trailblazer. I was worried they might cancel the competition, but they just announced a new mix of virtual and in-person activities to preserve this wonderful tradition. And here to tell us all about it is Jennifer Wagner, Special Events Manager at the Omni Grove Park Inn. And Jennifer, I can't wait to hear what is going on over there. Thank you, Marilyn. Thank you for having me on. Um, Yes, we have been working on the holidays here as usual, well before they arrive at the Grove Park Inn. Uh, But we have kind of been thinking differently this year, moving some of our activities to a virtual standpoint, uh, changing our 28th year of the National Gingerbread House competition, but also just how we can engage people that aren't able to make it to property this year as well. So give us an idea of what that's going to look like. Well, just to start with the competition itself, um, we pivoted. All of our competitors actually submitted competitor-created content as videos and photos this year in order to show us their entries without physically bringing them here to the hotel. So that really helped us stay in line with social distancing measures. And uh, we actually just went through round one of judging, which also was largely virtual. We have judges all over the country and they were able to view that content on their own and report back what their top five entries in each of those categories are. So very exciting stuff. We notified the competitors uh, just today, actually, that the decisions were made. We're moving on to round two when those entries will actually be judged in person. But our biggest change this year, we will have no in-person display here at the hotel. Uh, We have made some changes to show off these competitors in different ways. And one of those is actually uh, the 12 Days of Gingerbread, kind of our spin on a holiday uh, tradition. But we are starting December 1st through the 12th to show off each of our top three competitors in our four categories. And if you're not familiar, that's child, youth, teen, and adult, all divided by age. And the competitors will kind of be given their own day in the spotlight on our social media channels where we create some cut down clips of their entry, some uh, interview information where we talk to the competitors and the judges, but everyone will have the opportunity to view those at home safely. And maybe they could be making gingerbread cookies while they're watching. Exactly. Um, To kind of go off of your point, we have been baking gingerbread cookies here as well. We just started a construction this past week on our great gingerbread house that lives in the lobby. If you're not familiar with that, it's actually a replica of the hotel, which we serve hot chocolate and cookies out of every year. So it's pretty big. It's kind of enormous uh, to see in our grand room area. And um, yeah, just smells like gingerbread. Oh my gosh. I know. I'm getting uh, goosebumps just thinking about it. I love going over there and being able to visit all of that. So yeah. tell us some of the in, in-house in guest activities that you're going to have going on. Sure. Well, as I mentioned, we will be seeing some of those gingerbread houses in person to judge. 
And in tandem with that, we'll be creating some great video footage. We are creating uh, Best in Dough, a gingerbread finalist showcase. It's our fun way of being able to screen all of that in a safe way this year. We'll have uh, in-house guests only make reservations in order to view our short film here on property. So should be a lot of fun and give us a rare opportunity to show off some of the insides of these houses, uh, a look you may not get to see if you're standing in line waiting in person. That makes a lot of sense, and that is going to be really fun to be able to do that. What about your Holiday Mountain Magic Package? Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, this is our holiday representation this year for guests staying with us. Um, when you stay with us, you're actually donating back to Mana Food Bank for every stay. So that's another way we're giving back this year. Um, we have that initiative going on year round, but like to point it out, especially during the holidays. But uh, during this stay, you can kind of uh, celebrate and take in the holiday decor here at the hotel and enjoy some of our great festive menu items we have as well. That sounds really fun. So give us a little bit of an idea, too, on what what the Omni Grove Park Inn is doing as far as protocol for safety this year. Sure. Uh, obviously, we are enforcing all of the state protocols. We require masks inside. We encourage social distancing. Uh, all of our outside dining venues are still open as long as the weather permits, but we are at 50% capacity for that. So we highly recommend reservations before you come up. Uh, but we are trying to stick mainly to hotel guests, especially during the holiday season. We've kind of changed things up a bit this year. We aren't having bus tours or bus groups because that's too large of a group in order to accommodate. And so we have a system where if you drive up, we're checking your reservation either on your phone or via a printout to make sure that you should be at Grove Park and are counted within our safe count in order to gain access to the property, especially during high occupancy times. And what about the parking? Let's talk a little bit about that, because I know sure. in the past that you have been allocating a portion of your parking proceeds towards nonprofit organizations. And I don't know people really know that that's something that you do over there. Yes, so we've been doing this since 2013. It's called our Holiday Parking Program. And we actually designate a number of local not-for-profits to benefit from this. And we have a list of nonprofits we're benefiting this year. We felt like this was no time to uh, stop that type of program, so we're happy to contribute back. But it's the American Legion Baseball Post 70, Asheville City Schools Foundation, Asheville Museum of Science, Children First, Communities in Schools, Horizons at CDS, Meals on Wheels of Asheville and Buncombe County, United Way of Asheville, Buncombe County, and YMCA of WNC Camp Wadia Scholarships. So again, really happy to support those uh, programs. And that is why we charge a parking charge this time of year. Uh, we really are looking to collect and give back in support. It's a really busy time here in Asheville. Um, it's a trying time for everyone across the country. So we're just looking to help. Well, you are always, like I said in the beginning, a trailblazer up there at the Omni Grove Park Inn. <laughs> There's always something going on, things to see and do. And most importantly, 
being a part of our community, giving back, being partners with RomanticAsheville.com, being part of the travel and tourism industry and the hospitality industry, and always looking forward to what you can do for your community. And for that, we, we certainly say thank you. Sure, sure. We're happy to be part of that community. We love Asheville. And obviously, Grove Park has been here for 108 years. So this hotel has seen a lot of changes in that community throughout period of time. Well, one of the new things that we're doing this year, in addition to the holiday parking program to give back, is we have actually spurred a new online cooking series called Baking Spirits Bright. It's a gingerbread making class series, three different episodes where you learn how to make a gingerbread house at home. Proceeds from this go to ACFEF, Child and Chef Initiative. Uh, So the more you bake, the bigger difference you can make. We're giving back to focus on people learning about nutrition, to feed uh, childhood hunger. It's a really great cause, especially right now, to be able to give back to. And we hope that the community really... um, joins us in being able to do that. We have some of our great gingerbread judges on board teaching these episodes. So they go from gingerbread basics to learning embellishments and handcrafted tools. And our own chef, John Cook, even uh, showcases some of the ways he decorates our huge great gingerbread house in the lobby. So it's a really fun time. I hope you're able to check that out on our website. Well, you know that I am definitely checking that out, and I would encourage everybody else to check it out. So tell us how we can get more information about all of that. It's really simple. If you go to omnihotels.com slash gingerbread, you can see all of the great initiatives we have going this year, uh, from 12 Days of Christmas to the Baking Spirits Bright class, uh, the great gingerbread house, and information on how in-house guests can view best in dough. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for being on Speaking of Travel. I am so excited. I'm all about the gingerbread. And, you know, here it is. I'm already starting to make it. And now I'm going to go online and take some of these classes and really learn how to make it even better. Happy holidays to all of you up there. And we're going to look forward to finding out who that winner is going to be. Well, you have more than one winner, right? We do. The grand prize will be announced December 12th. So follow our Instagram and Facebook channels for that at Omni Grove Park on Instagram, Omni Grove Park Inn on Facebook. Well, that'll be an easy date for me to remember because that's my birthday. And it's National Gingerbread House Day. Did you know that? Well, there you go. (laughs) That all makes sense. Well, thank you, Jennifer. I am really excited to help keep these traditions alive. And with the holidays right around the corner, many people are really looking at the new year already and planning some bucket list vacations. What can we expect as we close in on 2021? Joining me next is Tina Kinsey from the Asheville Regional Airport to give us some updates on what we can expect. Stay tuned. Are you ready to plan your next vacation or staycation to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains? Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com is a 900-page online guide covering a nearly 100-mile radius around Asheville, North Carolina. Fall is here, making this the perfect time to explore all the many safe and memorable adventures found across Western North Carolina. 
Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. I've been hearing that many signs are beginning to point to a quick rebound for travel in 2021. Probably like me, people will be making up for missed travel in 2020 and trying to use their travel vouchers. I think 2021 is going to shape up to be a year for makeup vacations. I know I'm already planning a very extensive bucket list, and why not? The longer the list, the more life it represents. You probably don't want to wait too long to make your travel plans for traveling in 2021. So many of us want to travel again, and there's going to be a pent-up demand when restrictions are lifted. The good news is the airlines are right on top of this and helping us out. Joining me is Tina Kinsey, Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development at the Asheville Regional Airport to look at navigating the ins and outs of travel in the new year. And Tina, it's always a pleasure to have you on Speaking of Travel. Thanks. It's really great to be here, Marilyn. So Tina, it's hard to believe, but 2021 is really right around the corner. What's your take over there at the airport as far as what people are looking at doing as we move into a new year? Well, we we definitely watch what we call travel sentiment. And we are asking our, our travelers, people who come through this airport, who have in the past, maybe they haven't traveled recently, uh, but we are asking them, how do they feel about travel? What's going on? And there's definitely a a moving of the needle, I think, especially in leisure travel and really people who are wanting to travel domestically to see their loved ones. I think there's a pent up demand for that and a propensity to feel a little better about getting out there and traveling. You know, as of today, the, the snapshot view that we're that we know today is that there is definitely that pent up demand. People are looking and dreaming and planning and that next step is booking. And so we're watching that to see what's going to happen. But I think that the trend line is definitely moving towards more travel. I love the way that the Asheville Regional Airport has included uh, people's opinions and comments throughout all of this this whole year you've been very active in uh, learning what it is that people are thinking and doing how do you compile all that information and and use that when you are moving forward to making the plans right there at the airport well uh, we're really fortunate because we have a very robust list of people on an email database Um, when you come to our airport and you decide you want to log on to our fast fastest Wi-Fi. We ask you a few questions, um, get your permission, and then add you to uh, an email database that we only use for our our reasons. We want to communicate with you, connect with you, and, you know, 
um, have a meaningful relationship with you. So once a month, we send out an e-newsletter and we have started including some really simple surveys in those newsletters so that we can keep a finger on the pulse of um, what travelers are thinking and feeling and uh, just about this whole new world that we live in. You know, we've never had to maneuver a pandemic just like anybody listening to this. Nobody has had to do this before. We're all learning together. And so it's important that we understand how to best serve our customers um, along the way. So it's allowing us to be somewhat nimble. Um, We can respond and react as sentiment changes and really work hard to be a good partner in that travel journey. And you have good partners along with the airlines as well. I know that they've been right on top of uh, keeping people informed, putting out new research all the time. What are you seeing as far as uh, uh, flights? You have a lot of flights coming in and out of the Asheville Regional Airport. Are you seeing an uptick now in the amount of people who are actually getting on a plane and traveling? We are. um, October has been our biggest month uh, since the pandemic hit. And, you know, we're seeing thousands of passengers every day here at the airport. So, um, you know, there are there are times when, you know, I'll walk into the terminal um, and it feels like it did a year ago. I mean, you know, it just it feels like an airport. There are a lot of travelers there. We are welcoming quite a number of visitors through the airport to the Western North Carolina region. We are, a, as you know, we're we're a destination. We're a place people want to come. Um, they can spread out. They can be outside. It's a. It feels like a safer place to be during um, the pandemic, and we're seeing that, you know, through with uh, travelers coming into the airport. And I'm hearing from a lot of people in the tourism industry, the hospitality industry, that the people who are coming in are being very mindful of uh, what it's like to get on a plane today as far as keeping your mask on and using your hand sanitizer. And I know the airport is all set up for uh, becoming much more, much less touchless, I guess you could say. And making people feel comfortable as soon as they get off the plane right into the airport. Yes, uh, we are working hard to have consistent messaging and, you know, in a positive way, encourage people to just take care of one another. I will say, though, Marilyn, we're we're starting now that we're seeing thousands of passengers a day. Um, there are times when it's it's pretty busy, for instance, in baggage claim. And, and one thing we've noticed recently is when people get off of the airplane and they're walking through the airport, they have a, a propensity to want to take at least one side of that mask down, you know, take a deep breath and Maybe they're not quite as diligent at that point to, to have their mask on. So we're, we're brainstorming ways to, you know, be fun and light, but help our passengers remember, you know, keep those masks on all the way through that journey until you hop in your car or, you know, where you, when you're on your way to your personal destination. So, you know, that's our next challenge. Well, you have a long track record of putting out the messaging in a very fun way and keeping it light 
even in the times when you have to be a little bit on focus for them. Yeah, it's definitely serious. And we want people to be diligent. And, you know, we certainly understand, you know, when you're on an airplane, and you've had your mask on the whole time, the, the temptation to remove that when you when you deplane. So, you know, I'm glad to be able to say that here and on your platform, and we're going to start communicating that more um, to our passengers. But you know, that's part of it. We're just, we're just all responding and learning and doing our very best every day. And I'm proud of passengers. They're, they're stepping it up and doing what needs to be done. Well, we're proud of what you're doing over there at the Asheville Regional Airport. Your whole team has been very diligent about staying uh, focused and creating an environment that is safe and sanitary for all of us. So kudos to you and your team. And Tina, so with this little uptick that we're seeing in October, I think in the in the future as we move into 2021, we're going to see a lot more people who are going to want to take advantage of that, don't you think? Oh, I yes, I think so. We are entering into the holiday travel time and we typically have some pretty pretty hefty weeks during the the months of November and December. Um January and February here are usually the lighter months for travel, but that could change. You know, we may see more people in our market wanting to escape to warmer destinations where they can spread out and be outside. And so we're we're watching that. Um, that could, you know, the travel patterns could change um, and we'll be ready. I know you will, because when we're ready, you're ready. I, I love having the opportunity to say that because it's so true. And Tina, tell us how we can get more information, how we can get onto your newsletter and, and find out all the current information that's happening there. Yeah, absolutely. So just visit our website, flyavl.com. You can sign up for our e-newsletter. It's titled Window Seat, and the sign-up is right there on the homepage of the website. Well, thank you, Tina, for being on Speaking of Travel today and for all the work that you're doing there and your whole team. It's just, it's very refreshing to know that you're there for us. Thank you so much, Marilyn. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel. And while this is still an incredibly challenging time for the travel community, it's actually the ideal time to celebrate the industry's incredible spirit and look ahead together to create new adventures ahead. It's only a matter of time before we all get to be moving again, and the travel and hospitality industry is more ready than ever to welcome travelers with open arms. We really must recognize the strength and resilience of the travel industry and look ahead to the eventual recovery. So stay positive and hang in there for a little while longer. I'm in awe of the industry's ability to join together, adapt, and emerge stronger than ever. Continue to dream and plan for adventures. And remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. Run.